Hamblin here on today's episode of Consume This Week. McLean talks about his travels through hell via one of the top games of 2020 in Hades. Uh, I talk a little bit about the documentary The Last Blockbuster. I kind of, you only need half of it, but we'll get more into that later. Uh, Ethan and McLean chat a little bit about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, even though I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Enjoy. Welcome back to Consume This Week. I am Ethan Davis, joined as always by Austin Allen Hamlin and McLean D. Jenkinson. That is Wait, your middle initial, is isn't it? Ooh, 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 ooh. All or right. is that the whole thing? Is it just like D-E-E or is it just a letter D? Some of us don't know what my middle name is and it shows. And it shows. It does. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you go to you go to work like that? <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, Thanks for listening. Um, we always enjoy new listeners, old listeners, all alike. Uh, if Young you enjoy what you're hearing, listeners, small definitely listeners. Uh, one listener, two listener, red listener, blue listener. Um, if you Canadian listener, <laughs> if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends about it. Uh, we're also looking for feedback. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, uh, Michelle brought up a good point that if you are hearing us talk about a game or a show, for example, the games I've talked about previously, rules can be a little wonky. So if you want to know what my house rules are or uh, clarification on any rules, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or on Facebook. I'm more than happy to answer those. If you need clarifications on comics or you're looking for specific recommendations at this point, uh, feel free to reach out to any of us. We've got some Pretty good recommendations if you want to know what to do. We we love to have those conversations and uh, get people involved. Um, at Midwest Shitfest. On yes, Twitter. at Midwest Shitfest on Twitter. Tweet us, brah. Yeah, feel free. Uh, also, I have like, very general opinions about everything. So if yeah, you're, just if you're wanting for... something specific, do not ask McLean. <laughs> I'm the only one not wearing a hat. Yeah. I know this is audio, but I thought everyone should know. Well, now all of our audience members feel left out. <laughs> Except the ones I hope you're hats, wearing a hat. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into it. Hamblin, you got a comic for us to start things off per usual, man. Hit us with that comic. Let's go. Okay, okay so I'm excited for this one because it's actually, it's funny. I told Ethan that this week I had something different. And he goes, you got a comic and a movie. Well, wait a minute. So the comic is an autobiographical comic, um, which is a very specific subsection. And when you think about it, it's like, uh, how do you make a autobiographical comic interesting, right? You must have to have done something great, right? For you have to, to in your life, yes. Yeah, you have to have done something. So this guy, Harvey Pekar, did American Splendor. It's not that at all. It's just shit from his life. Everyday shit. I don't know what there, American Splendor is. That is the name of the comic. I am sorry. Um, oh, American Splendor is the name of the comic you're talking about today? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. You said yes. he did American Splendor, and then you went on to talk about his life. I thought they were two separate things. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. So, like, it was just... Uh, so, American Splendor is their uh, short stories. Some of them some of them are small as a page. Some of them as long as, like, 20 pages. Uh, just of stuff from his life. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't... He wasn't the first guy on the moon. He didn't do all this crazy stuff. He, he's just... Uh, he's kind of like an angry Jewish man. Um, and... I, I, so that, that's the thing about it is some of the stories, it's like, uh, I can't really relate to this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't really care. Um, but then some of them, 
that really you're like, like there's a story about, uh, this is one of my favorites about him going grocery shopping. He's getting up to the line and there's two lines and he's debating in his head, which person he should get behind. Cause who's going to get through the line faster, <laughs> which is something that everybody's done. Right. You're oh, like, yeah. Do I want to go behind that? And like it's in his head, and he's like, no. And then he makes the wrong choice. Which you makes judge those people, even. but you're like, what the fuck am I judging? Like, you look at how many items, but you know that, like, hey, this old lady that's going to use coupons versus the dude. That's, that's the like thing. Yes, exactly. Businessman going through it, just wanting to get home and will pay whatever he needs to. Yep, everyone thinks about that. He, uh, yeah. So Harvey Picar, that's that. I mean, he eventually became a pretty big. Uh, very influential underground uh, comics author, but how he started is, uh, which is funny because like, he's like, why are you talking about how he started making comics? Because that's part of the comics. That's some of the stories because they're all stories from his life. Um, oh yeah, he was really big and they collected records, the vinyl. Go and, on. Uh, yeah, he uh, he at I think it was even at a garage sale or, but it was through collecting vinyl that he met Robert Crumb. Now Robert Crumb is probably. He's on the Mount Rushmore of underground comics creators, and um, he became yeah, friends I, with Crumb. I don't know who that is. That's okay. Underground comics, a very specific thing. But uh, right, it's underground. Uh, I wouldn't know about it unless I were uh, also underground. I am familiar with the term underground, Hamlin. I am glad. <laughs> I am glad. Uh, so Crumb and him, Crumb was doing these comics. Uh, he was getting big notoriety, and eventually, Picard just started drawing his own stuff with fucking stick figures. And Crumb, and he shows them to Crumb, and Crumb is like, these are hilarious, Harvey. These are super funny. Let's, he's like, can I draw some of them? He's like, yeah, man. Like, he's like super into it. And uh, so he, Crumb starts drawing some of his stuff. Now, that's the cool thing is that um, uh, there's several different artists that work on these stories. There's tons. So the art style changes, but you always know, you know, who Harvey is. Uh, so Harvey actually met his wife because she was a fan of the comic. And when she met him and she was talking to him over the phone and stuff, she didn't know. And there's a story about how she didn't know what he was going to look like when she showed up. And she goes, well, when Crumb draws you, you look like you got these giant eyebrows and kind of look like a caveman. But when this guy draws you, you kind of look like that. And like, she's like, I didn't. Um, <laughs> and I would, Which is super funny. It, think about it. Um, and uh, there's a movie that HBO Films put out. Um, it's a little, it's got, and I'm going to fucking butcher the guy's name, but Paul, is it Paul Giamatti? You know the guy who uh, um, hmm. from Sideways is that how I pronounce his name? Giamani. Neither of us yeah. know how to pronounce it, so don't act like. But you know what I'm famous. talking about, right? He was yeah. Rhino in the Amazing World. Yeah. Game. Yep. So yeah, he, yeah, yeah. McLean knows. Paul Giamatti. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he plays uh, he plays Harvey in the film. It's one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. So the, they actually because it's like how would you make a movie? And they're just like stories from his life. But the real life Harvey and the real life people that are in these stories narrate over it, and they cut to them. In, in real life, in between the stories of him talking about it. That's really um, cool. So the graphic novel that I just finished reading was one that was re-released for the HBO movie, which is older, but I picked it up at a secondhand shop um, just because I wanted that version of it. I've already, I already owned it already, but uh, yeah, it's not for everybody. And the thing about underground uh, uh, comics, especially this one, is sometimes there is a lot of dialogue. So you might have to read. I know that's crazy in a comic, uh, but you I might don't have like to words. Read. I like the pictures, right. and that turns people off sometimes. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop talking about it now. But the last thing is, Harvey Picard has my favorite quote of all time about comics, and and it's it's fucking phenomenal uh it is comics are just words and pictures you can do anything uh with words and pictures 
It's America's hmm. Wonder, y'all. Hmm. What uh, what's it? Art style? Tell me about the art style. Well, that's the thing. It, it varies uh, all over oh, the place yeah. because of the different people that are drawing it. And that's why don't what, you try um, to pay attention, McLean? Okay, he said it varies <laughs> before. Okay. Well, and, and that's kind of what's cool. Um, and uh, there's a lot of people that uh, that's how they broke into comics. Uh, was they started working with Harvey Pekar, uh, Ed Piscor, who's a uh, uh, you know, a big fan of his. He started working with Picar. I don't. I can't remember if he did American Splendor or other stuff. Which Picard eventually would go on to do a bunch of other comics, but American Splendor is the staple that uh, not only launched his career, but he's most known for. I know this isn't helpful, but each time you keep saying that name, I think of um, Star Trek, and I think of uh, Picard. 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 Uh, and how and how Q calls him Captain Picard, and like the emphasis on the P card. I don't know. Sorry, that just that just got that stuck out to me a little bit there. Uh, are there any are there any genres going back to your thing? Are there any genres that you think would be helpful uh, or not helpful? But like, hey, if you like this, you should check this out. Or like, hey, if you're looking for a new thing, you should check this out. If you don't like the read, don't check this out. Or it's it's, it's slice of life. If you like slice of life stuff, because right, there's no mm. fucking aliens in this. There's no like insane crazy situations. Uh, it's just totally slice of life stuff. Uh, if you're listening to this and you already are a fan of uh, American Splendor, uh, Chester Brown's work, his autobiographical comics are. Um, the thing about autobiographical comics is that it is so so personal, um, mm-hmm. and that's but that's can be what makes it interesting. Is um, there was the last story that I, I uh, that stuck out to me in this collection that I read was uh, at the ending he was talking about how the only reason he wrote this comic is because he felt like he was the only person that feels this way, and he goes, but there's got to be more people, and he was writing it so that way he's like, so I hope that this reaches somebody who feels this way so they know they're not alone. And I felt that was a really noble thing to do. And I know that maybe sounds stupid to say that, but like he spent time, effort, money, put it into this to be like, Hey, I understand how you feel Hmm. because I felt that way. And uh, I thought that was a really fucking awesome thing to do. Um, That seems like a theme in a lot of your work, Hamblin is reaching out to those people that um, don't know who to reach out to coming from that small background that we talked about on questions today. Um, but knowing that like you didn't have a lot of people to reach out to when you had questions or issues or something like that, you find that very appealing and getting lost in that work that if people are yes. throwing a net out there to be like, hey, I understand. you can, you can reach out to those to people. Yeah. Sounds very appealing to you for sure, um, without a doubt. Um, McLean, um, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to tie in your TV show this week, so I'm not even going to yeah, try a transition, transition there. Uh, so... Hard transition. McLean, you watched a TV show. Tell me about that because I keep seeing that pop up. Yeah, so so it's 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 an older show, but I found it and I just What's immediately the was name of the show. And so it's called Episodes. Okay. Just episodes. On um, what platform? Uh it's on Netflix. Very you can cool. Find Very it on cool. Netflix. Um so I just randomly found it and it stars Matt LeBlanc and like I from generally Friends. like kind of like yep, from Friends. Joey, if you will. Oh, Joey, okay. I was like, um, I kind of generally like him, um, just because of his attitude and his um, his acting chops. So I gave it a, sh- I gave it a watch, and then I ended up like binging the whole entire seven s- or five seasons. I'm sorry, five seasons in uh, like just over like maybe two or three weeks. Um, it's really good. So it's an um, so it's it's basically. It's an American British comedy. 
So you get, so you have that kind of humor in it, and it's written by Jeffrey Cleric and David Crane. Um, Jeffrey Cleric is you would know him from Mad About You. Mm, he was the okay. main writer of that, and then Dave Crane, David Crane was a co-creator of Friends. Oh, so there's your tie-in with Matt LeBlanc. There we go. Um, but it's basically about these two British writers who have a very it's um, Sean and Beverly Lincoln are the character names. They have a very successful British comedy, or I think. I think it's a comedy. I think they're comedy writers. Yeah. So um, they have a very successful British show and they're, they come to Hollywood to try to make an American adaptation of it. And they're basically run through the Hollywood grinder of like Hollywood kind of takes control of their show and they give them Matt LeBlanc when they don't want Matt LeBlanc. <laughs> um, and he kind of takes over and he's like, oh, maybe we like, let's make it a hockey show and let's make it about like, so, like, the show was originally very sophisticated. It's about the headmaster of a certain school. And, like, the headmaster is, like, a big, rotund gentleman. Um, and it's very smart and very witty, very, you know, that, that British comedy. And then they and, – and then Hollywood basically turns it into, like, a sitcom that no one would watch. <laughs> you know, it's, like, something that's canceled out of the first season. Um, and Matt LeBlanc plays himself, so he is playing Matt LeBlanc, a fictionalized version of him. But they bring up friends. They bring up his like his spinoff called Joey, you know, which was canceled. So it's very, Rough. so it's very like self. It's very self aware, huh. um, which is really awesome. cool. It's yeah, really that funny. Like, that it's super fresh. smart. It's witty. When, when did it it's come out? Funny. Um, so the final season ended in 2017. So I'm, oh, I'm okay. behind the ball. It came out of nowhere for me. And maybe <laughs> it's because I've never heard of, of this. Yeah, I, I had never heard of it either. And it's interesting, too, because each one of their episodes is called episode one, episode two, episode three. Even when you get to, ep- <laughs> like, even when you get to, like, season four, episode five, it's still just called episode five. So there's, like, five instances of episode five. That seems very relatable based on the fact that we only label our episodes episode one. Yeah. Two. Yeah. And that might be exactly. on me, but that's okay. We'll pretend Check it's out our homage. first episode, so, aka all of them. It's really funny, and it it, it actually won a Golden Globe Award. Uh, Matt LeBlanc won a Golden Globe Award. Holy shit. Golden Globe Award for Best Actor. Damn. It won. Yeah. So it's. He's an actor who plays an actor, to be fair. In his He's main a dude disguised as a for. dude playing another dude. another dude. So, I mean, it only makes sense. Mm-hmm. He, so he wasn't yeah, even I acting if he was playing himself. He was playing himself. He got an award for being you. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying, though. In Friends, job, though, Matt. he was known for and being an actor who was playing another actor. So, I mean... Oh, yeah. The, holy shit. My mind that's got that's what I was idiot. saying about Friends. <laughs> How'd you know I was on Days of Our Lives? I'm wearing the shirt. <laughs> the shirt. Whatever the hell the soap opera he was on was I'm wearing the shirt. Uh what was uh he's Dr. Drake uh Remore. Yeah, Drake Remore. Yeah. <laughs> what was the what was the show? It wasn't Days of Our Lives. No, was it? I think it was like was it a fictional? I, I just fictional I just can opera. hear listeners yelling at us right now. No, no, no it was it no, it was real. Um Dr. Drake Here's Dr. Remore. Drake Remore. Remore. Yeah, I yeah. know I'm right about that one, but what was the Days of show? Our Lives? Yep. Well, it was oh, Days okay, of Our Days Lives. Of our oh, okay. So no one was yelling at us. In the fictional hospital on Days of Our Lives. Sands through the hourglass. So huh. the Days of Our Lives. What a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. So yeah, episodes. Really Check it out. You'd recommend it. Uh, a little bit of a blast from the past, but it's also very 
Uh, I want to watch this. Yeah, that sounds like very appealing. I like that they acknowledge friends of gay yeah. shit, class. and they try to get like, like so like it's it, so it's basically all about these writers trying to like survive it and working with Matt LeBlanc, and uh, eventually like some friends people start showing up like mm-hmm. as cameos. Oh, of course. And it's just they're all just playing you know these glorified versions of themselves. It's it's really funny. Like at first I wasn't sold on it. I was like, you know, it's like, okay, it's Matt LeBlanc and blah, blah, blah. But then after a while, I just could not stop watching. Like every night, it was just like three or four episodes, five episodes, a, like a sitting. So, three hours later. Three hours later. Well, that's great. Okay, good. Episodes, check it out. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah, okay. Very cool. Um, I've got a board game to talk about this week that I'm super fucking excited about. It's one of my favorite board games of all time. Uh, it's called Red Dragon Inn. It is a mm. phenomenal board game that takes place at the end of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. So if you're into D&D, you would love this. It's a... You choose from the characters, right? Okay, you pick these, and then you go to this inn. And it's a, a game where you have a marker, and then you have your alcohol content that goes up, and you have your toxicity level or your um I think alcohol level well alcohol level that goes up but your well, fortitude 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 that goes down that's what it is and so the idea is you end this D campaign of whatever you've done you all pick your characters and now you're at the end spending all the gold that you got from this buying drinks for everyone and the game is built like a card drinking game where the idea that you drink something and then you also buy it around for everyone else. There's gold. There's wagering that goes on as well. It's very cool. It's very inter... Or obviously, it's very interactive. It's a fucking board game, Ethan. Um, but a lot of stuff that's going on and a bunch of characters to choose from. They have over fucking 50 characters and they have a massive fucking box of games that you can get that has all these in it. Uh, each expansion comes with four characters. And so it's good to just even get a couple of them and have a bunch of those to choose from. They all play, not similarly, they all have some mechanics, but some of them are completely different. Some of them have like sidekicks that go with them and a lot goes into the game. Um, And so it's really fun. Personally, I take it upon myself to go above and beyond because I'm a psychopath and I turn it into an actual drinking game. And so what I do is there's a, a drink me pile where the premise of the game is you are trying to get the other people drunk enough that they pass out where these markers on their card cross, or you're trying to get them to lose their gold and then the inn would kick them out, right? So you can either gamble and take that money away from them, or you can buy them drinks and get them fucked up so that way they're gone out of the game. Once that happens, it's the last man surviving or last man standing. Um, I, like I said, take it upon myself to actually make drinks that line up with each of the drinks in the drink deck. So there's a light ale, a dark ale, so I'll have those ready to go. There's wine, so that way oh, if shit, somebody... You're crazy. I know, I, it's pretty that's, fucked up. That's cool, though. That's awesome. So that way if you like pull a wine card and it gives you two alcohol content, you have to drink like one of those... You know those shitty like barefoot like small bottles of wine? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like the tiny ones, you have to drink yeah. half of one of those, right? Okay, stuff like that. So everything's got its own measurement. Everything lines up, and you play through that. You can probably play about through two of those, but like you're mixing your alcohol the whole night, so like that, and you're gone. <laughs> um, so it, I mean, it, it's fun. Um, if you don't like D and D, it's a good bridge into D and D as well to get used to some... booze. Right, exactly because there's <laughs> booze. Have a good they time may... no what. They made the game, and you know they made it where it was like, hey, we're going to throw this out there for drinks, but like people don't have to drink 
but if they want to, <laughs> but let's it'd say be a good time. To. I've the played this game uh, with McLean, actually. Um, uh, our other friend has almost all of the characters and is going through playing all of them, so that's a heck of an adventure. Um, has a massive box of them, but we I played that the other week with McLean, and it was fucking phenomenal. It was real fun. Wanna, I remember our uh, our dirty dishwater. That was oh fantastic. yeah, Michelle so there's some that one. good drinks you, and there's some bad drinks, and so then we made ones that like like dirty dishwasher, d- dirty dishwasher. God fucking damn it, dishwasher, <clears throat> dirty, dirty dishwasher. That's that's dishwater. <laughs> it doesn't get you drunk, but it brings your fortitude down because it makes you a little bit sicker, right? If you were to drink that in the game, so the drink we made was a shot of water, but it had like just a little bit of Dr Pepper in it, so that you're like something's wrong with this and i don't know what it is <laughs> oh my and so you're just like suspicious the entire time and then once you find out you're like oh okay i'm fine but if you didn't know you'd be like oh my god i'm i'm gonna throw up like if you got that from the tap you'd drink it'd be like yep oh, oh, exactly yeah that's good there's some that good ones fucking fun it's usually it's a really don't fun excite game. me but that that's actually, a blast so it's a that's a good game. premise the, the you version... completed your campaign time to spend your money Exactly. So the version that we played at your place, though, Ethan, I think, um, I just, I distinctly remember, like, wasn't there like a paladin and stuff, or is that part of the expansion? Uh, I believe the original one there. Was I it, don't know. I think there's like, a paladin that had like a been... plus to fortitude and. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a bunch of again they they build it around hey the idea that you can pick any D and D character and still kind of fit into this where the idea that like hey some of them are paladins so they do certain things better some of them are like trolls and this troll is really good at drinking right okay I love playing that one his name is Frank he's fucking phenomenal um, but then he can also like he's a chemist and he messes with the other drinks and shit like that right or he's a brewmaster I believe is technically what it is so they have a lot of like little bit of backstory that plays into these things they have really fucking fun flavor text on each of the cards that you read it's a great party game it's great for if no one knows anything about board games it's easy and it's fun to to learn about all the decks are pretty similar uh for the same pieces they all have like an i don't think so card which means it's like the ultimate the ultimate top dog card where you play that down and the only other card that can beat you playing that card is someone else playing that exact same card and everybody has one of those so it's very it's it feels almost poker-esque uh, when you're playing some of these games. It's it's very fun. It's exciting unless you get out right away and then you're like, fuck this shit. I hate this. But which is why I like to incorporate the drinking aspect, because if you do that, then if you're out, you're fucked up and you're good to go for <laughs> for a while. You guys keep playing. I'm going to go lay down. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go lay down. Uh, that's that's what I like about that. Red Dragon in. There's a bunch of characters, a bunch of stuff you can buy online. Uh, it lasts a long time. Gameplay on that is fucking phenomenal. Um, What's the average session like? Like how long? Uh, probably about an hour, I guess, is how long it would be. Um, again, if you're making drinks in between and doing all that stuff, it's going to be That's longer. Probably, yeah, but normal, that would be for, to all the way to find a champion for the end of the game. Um, yeah, that's about yeah, it for a board Ethan's, game. I don't think Ethan sat for more than five minutes while playing. He was constantly up making drinks. He likes to entertain, but I do. I do like to make drinks, and that was the that was the most fun part was coming up with all those creations and those bombs and everything that everyone had to take. When you were um, a kid, did you get like those science kits to make stuff? Was that you? No. Oh, okay. Mixing different no. soaps and conditioners. No, I would do that. Conditioner is yeah. the best. That was oh yeah, that was totally me in the shower mixing all that stuff together. Yep, that was definitely it. Um, 
Hamlin, I want to hear. I keep seeing the last blockbuster pop up on me. Okay, I wait. Believe before we go to, sorry. Yeah, before yeah, we go yeah. To blockbuster. Can I time out? Yeah. Can I go to the bathroom quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it, and then I'll I'll come back. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got. You start it too. I can still hear. I guess. No, no, no. no. I, I want you to be part like of the conversation. Go question. to the bathroom. Quit fucking oh. around. Go to the bathroom. God, fuck you. All right. I'm concerned that I can still hear McLean when he goes to the bathroom. That like. He's in there and he's just like, huh, no, I know. I'm huh, concerned though, like because I can hear your your mic while you're in the bathroom. The fact that like you haven't been using the correct mic this entire time, and I'm just paranoid now. And every time. Also, <laughs> okay, um, good. Using the that's our vocabulary is going up. Um, McLean said rotund. That's the biggest word we've probably used. Oh no, McLean and I use plenty of big words all the time. It's the no, writer that doesn't use big eat words. The shit. Bitch. <laughs> Bitch. Look, I you only need to know one really big word to impress people. Mine is achondroplasia, which is the medical term for dwarfism. Do you know what cephalocaudal intussusception is? Some word you made up? No, it's a Latin, and it's the medical term for saying that you have your head up your ass. Okay, that's a good one. Shit. Yeah. I want to learn yeah, that that's one. A good that's a good one. one. Because people would be like, achondroplasia, that's not what that means. I'm like, all right, let's fucking look it up. They're like, how do you spell it? I'm like, I don't know how to spell it. Yeah. Fuck both like you. Hamblin, I've been hearing a lot about uh, the last blockbuster that's been popping up quite a bit for me on, I believe, Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a Netflix one. We're just cool. Uh, I, w- I need you to tell me whether I should spend time on that or not. <laughs> uh, so, like, honest to God, I, en- I enjoyed it a lot. But you only have to watch half the movie. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to hear. Don't no, waste all your time, just a little bit of your time. On. I No, because like, the thing is, is like, here's the problem with the movie. Now, it's super informative. and they're, Okay, so like, I remember a lot of this stuff happening, but I was young enough that I wasn't paying attention. You know what I mean? Like to their ad campaigns or, you know, stocks or this company. Com- you know, I wasn't paying attention to that shit. Um, so, no. Block, the last blockbuster is a documentary on Netflix about what? It is. It is about the last okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. So I wasn't paying it to the stuff there that was go. leading to the blockbusters closing. And okay. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. Now I'm up to speed. Thanks. <laughs> uh, now the reason that I say you only need to watch half the movie is uh, so it's super uh, informative and, and interesting to the first half. And there's a point, and, I, and maybe it's not exactly halfway, but you'll realize it if you watch it, where they literally are just trying to hit you a nostalgia trip, right? Uh, which I understand why you'd want to hit nostalgia trip when you're like in the beginning, you know, you talk about Blockbuster, right? the mm-hmm. smell, the, you know, you're finding a movie together and, you know, staff picks and all this stuff, you know, and overpriced candy, whatever. But uh, the, the second half of the movie was... I forgot was, they always had candy. I fucking forgot mm-hmm. that. That oh, was the best part. Not that I'd ever buy it, but like as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, look at all the candy I could So much from. candy. It's probably how they uh, made their money. Probably, yeah, that was yeah. where the real money was. Is the yeah, and uh, so the second half of the movie gets to the point where so they have a lot of and, and I'm air quoting this since people can't see it celebrities on there um, talking about it. Now I don't know that this what like, it just bugged me because the second half was just these celebrities talking about memories they had at Blockbuster, and I'm like, this is not relevant to the last <laughs> Blockbuster store. Like uh, some of it, like where they talk about it, where they're like where they talk about where they got rid of late fees. Like, different, like, celebrities are talking about, like, that specifically. Like, okay, that, like, so, like, okay, so, like, Ronald Funches is on there, right, the comedian. Uh, and 
you don't know who I'm, but see, so this is why I'm going to say celebrities because some of them are really niche. Okay, Brian Pussain is on there, and like, I, I know, know who, who that? he is. Yeah. Yeah. Writer but of Deadpool. I would say most people would have no fucking idea who that is. Yeah. Right? Uh, the Good guy, guy, like, there's, there's, oh, the guitar player from Smash Mouth, isn't it? I shit you not. And, and I don't even know what his <laughs> name is. Not even the it, lead singer? Oh, no, come on. No, it's not. No, it's just. You guys remember it's, the Doobie Brothers? We got one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking what it is. So. But the first half is super informative, and the common misconception is that Netflix uh, killed Blockbuster. That is not the case. I'm not going to tell you why, uh, because it is worth watching, because they will explain it far better than I can. Uh, the uh, irony, though, is that Netflix offered to uh, to be bought out by, like, they offered to be bought out by... They offered uh, to buy Blocker. out Blockbuster? No, they offered to be like, you can purchase us. Oh, and Blockbuster, Blockbuster. Oh. laughed them out of the... That's like supposedly really happened as they went into this meeting and Blockbuster laughed them out of thing. That's you guys ain't going to be a thing. And now the irony of Netflix, right? And honestly, it could have went either way if not for one certain event. So there's a universe where... Netflix ceases to exist, but Blockbuster continued. Uh, now, this Blockbuster, it's funny because where do you think it is? I'm just going to ask. Where, where do you think the final Blockbuster is at? The final Blockbuster? Yeah, where is do you think it is? Absolutely it's on the in west the Midwest. Coast, isn't it? No, it's in the, it's west. In the Midwest. It's in the Midwest, Midwest in the without west. a doubt. Oregon. A tiny, ah, I told a you the Midwest. Island. According to our March Madness bracket, that would absolutely qualify yeah, as the Midwest. I don't care what you guys say. Well, it's not even a big town either. That's the funny thing. Well, and the, the lady, the lady who runs it is uh, she's really interesting because I think definitely we could like everybody in town knows her, right? And uh, also the other thing is like there's scenes of like uh, when she's. They, the, the customers, they, they interviewed the regulars. They liked her because if she didn't have a movie, she would go out and get it. So, like, she's just, like, fucking, there's a scene of her just, like, fucking going to Walmart and just putting movies in her thing. And I'm, like, and then, like, buying candy from, like, a Sam's Club and taking it. And I'm, like, how the fuck are you making money? So she's buying it to, like, really resell it? Well, At, I think like how they're, they're probably making their money is off of, they have merch, where it's, like, the last blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Because so, there's big money in t-shirts and, because, like, a sticker. What You yeah. can get a sticker print up for a quarter and sell it for five bucks, you know? And so mm-hmm. they have a lot of merch. The last blockbuster. Uh, so so and they I explain. Think that's, go for it. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So did they explain why this is the last blockbuster? Like yes, why yep, hers yep. is still open? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They they go down. So like they and they they kind of chronologically go through like in time to like then at one point there was four left and three of them were in Alaska, and they're like oh pretty <laughs> mu- pretty much the only reason those ones exist is because there's not. They can't get internet, right? So, like, if they want to watch a movie, they gotta mm. you gotta physically get it, right? That makes and sense. then when internet became more prominent out there, they started. They were all owned by the same person. Then, like, he. But the cool thing is, at the beginning, they talk about how like Blockbuster, how it eventually killed the family video stores, mm-hmm. uh, the you know the small mom and pop shops, and then yeah, and then they talk about how the things that happened to kill Blockbuster. Yeah, it's worth watching. You really only need to watch half. I was like. When I was like getting to the second half, and I'm like, okay, this is just a circle jerk. I'm like, maybe not, right? Maybe this. Was, so I left it on, and I and I started reading some comics and just listened. 100. Just the end is. It's like they were like, <laughs> we have we have a solid 45 minutes, and are cool, but we need this to be an hour and a half. <laughs> okay, we can make that work. We can make it work. And um, so yeah, you only need to watch half, but but it is definitely worth the watch. Very interesting, very interesting stuff. Hmm. Okay, 
I'm getting but mixed half. signals. Uh, really okay, half. so I'll definitely <laughs> absolutely watch the first half, and that's it. <laughs> there you got and it. Yeah. I'll know when I get to the other part. Okay, cool. You'll know. You'll know. Uh, McLean, I'm excited for you to talk about uh, the video game this week. It's Hades, which is something that I recently bought as well, and I've had the chance to play a little bit of. But it's when I buy video games, I personally spend probably way more time time than the normal person should of like ooh all right i can buy one video game this year what video game should i buy okay make a list oh, of all the video games them. you want and then what one do you think you would spend the most time on what do you like about it what do you not like about it you're one of those people and hades is one of the games i chose to buy this year and so uh it's fucking phenomenal so far from what i've played but i want you yeah to tell so- me your thoughts on what you think about it for sure. So, I mean, you actually might be further than I am. So, like, full disclosure, I am not very far because um, it is a hard game. Um, <laughs> so, we had talked about Dead Cells earlier, how mm-hmm. it's kind of a um, a run and I don't know what you'd classify the, the genre as, but it's like you get as far as you can and then when you die, because you will die, you go back to the beginning and then each run you, you complete a little bit more, you progress a little bit more, you're or your character becomes a little bit more beefy for the next run. So Hades is a um, is like a uh, Dead Cells-esque type of game, but it's at an isometric view. So kind of like, you know, three-fourths view, I used to call it back in my day, kind of like that um, top-down view. Mm-hmm. But you're, you play as Zagreus, who is the son of Hades, and you're trying to basically escape hell and rejoin the Olympians. Um but it's a it's it's a very like um, hack and slash type of game where you go through these different rooms fighting all these different enemies. You get keys and different kind of like in-game currency to unlock new upgrades, new weapons, um, different upgrades to help you through. You get help from the Olympians, um, you know, such as like Zeus and Poseidon. Um, they give you different buffs to your weapons and to your abilities to. Um, get through and um, it's hard like I have died so many times I haven't even got past the first boss Um, but it's cool because in this game every time you die unlike other games when you die you actually advance the story Oh, so it's like you die and these characters now have something else to say to you so it's like this game expects you to die you have to die to progress the main story um, which is kind of really cool and kind of refreshing. It's like, oh man, I died, but because I died, you know, four times, now I can upgrade this this room or this person has something else to say to me, and she somebody has... helps you or something. Mm-hmm. That's yep. like that makes you think of like we're like I would always hate that in different games where like you have to win this mission, and then the cutscene is about how you lost. Even though you just spent three <laughs> yeah. hours beating, you spent three yeah. hours beating this thing, and then they're like, "I like, can't believe we, we didn't win." Like, what the fuck you mean we didn't win? Like, I spent three hours here, bitch. Yeah. You were scripted to lose, but you had yeah. to yeah. win in order to lose. Deck stacked against me. What is this yeah. bullshit? This is dog. Yeah, shit. but um, yeah, it's really fun. It's cool. Um, it's it's a very twitchy game. So you, I mean, you have to be kind of good at this kind of style. Um, about just is dashing around, dodging projectiles. Um, getting out of the way of things, killing, th- killing different things in a certain way. Um, but uh, it was. Um, Is it like God of War at all? Because it just like the story sounds like. N- it. But the story might have combat. some mirror. 
yeah, story might have some like some parallels, but as far as the combat, it's nothing like Gump. Uh, okay. How many games can you make of like, hey, you're the son of Zeus? Yeah, so <laughs> they went the opposite route. Yeah, yeah they're not they, as yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, we got you. I got a breath, a groundbreaking idea. Let's fucking flip it back and reverse it. Yes, you're for damn fair. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay. This game came out in 2020. It looks like Wait, it was released in September 17th mm-hmm. of 2020. Um, I have it on Switch, but I know it's also available for PC, yep. Mac OS as well. Steam, baby. Steam. Yep. Um, a lot of people consider it probably one of the best games of 2020. Got oh. a, lot of, a lot of awards, um, including the BAFTA Best Game for 2020. I feel like that says quite a lot about games, knowing the fact that like everybody was, was at home, home playing games <laughs> for 2020, <laughs> and if you still did well and won games, like oh wow, they actually like that's a, that's a good game. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so it's got a lot of critical acclaim. It's really fun. Like I said, I'm not very far, but I'm also trash at the game. So uh, I, I plan to keep. I plan to keep playing it seeing how far as I can get, because I love Dead Cells, even though I was really bad at Dead Cells, you know, I can get to the, you know, now I can get to the Hand of the King yeah. each time with two with two cells unlocked, struggling for that third that third uh, cell, but uh, yeah, so I'm anxious to see how far it goes, where you, like, where you go, who the final boss is, all that stuff. Hades, check it out. Huh, okay. Very cool. Rent it 80s? from your uh, local Blockbuster. It's great. Yeah, rent it from your local last Blockbuster in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Hades, yeah. Hades, yeah. You want to drive my Mercedes? Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> what shake the fuck it, is this song yeah. reference? Shake it, now? shake it. <laughs> shake that flaming butt. Baby got hell. This is why we Hades don't babble on a lot of the podcasts. Um, if you're looking for McLean and I's exclusive content without Hamlin, um, it's on their OnlyFans. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Um, and now the, the thing we've all been looking forward to and uh, having a good discussion about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, man. They released two episodes as of right now when we're recording this. I have watched one of them, but one of them, I guess, just came out today. But I'm fucking stoked. After WandaVision and seeing how Marvel was going to pull off a fucking TV show, and they did. I mean, no one thought they weren't going to. But um, I think I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is a big change of pace. I really do. Um, in an interesting way. It seems like they're setting up quite a few things um, about it. But they're really taking their time to tell stories, which, don't get me wrong, I love... I love storytelling. I love the whole nuances with all of that and everything that goes into that and the multiple stories you can tell and how everyone is different, but a lot of stories are similar. Everything that kind of uh, kind of gets built into that, but they're telling one about Bucky, the Winter Soldier. They're also telling one about... Um, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. Uh, Falcon. Uh, Sam. 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 Mm. God damn it. Uh, God damn it. Okay. All right. So... Um, First of all, what I'm enjoying about Winter Soldier, I I don't think I'm going to give anything away, but if you're concerned and you're really stoked about it, don't listen to this. That's that's on you. Um, Two stories are being told. I enjoy the back and forth. It feels... I feel similar watching this to as I did when I was watching Game of Thrones and you have multiple story plot lines going on and Mm. the jumping from back to forth where you're like, hey, I'm invested in this one. Uh, this when will one, they okay, connect? like not so much. Yeah, exactly. When will they connect? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen here? I hate to compare things to that piece of trash, but 
That is how I, I felt. I liked it. Um, that's that's how I felt about that. That's that's another. I've thing. never seen it. Um, it is definitely a change of pace. When they start it, they are like, "Hey, action! Here you go. We'll give you a little bit of this, and then we're gonna go on from there." It is super dramatic. It feels like a drama when you sit down and look at it. Okay. All the scenes are very... Now, again, I think that's part of their storytelling aspect that they're going for. It is very, hey, let's set things up. Let's take the time to lay out a, a fantastic foundation, which you already should have from a lot of the Marvel films that they've done a lot of good work for. But a lot of that is, hey, now we need to really tell you about these characters right here and why you should be partial to these characters and what's kind yeah. of... Who you so if I can jump with. in. Yeah. Um, one thing I liked, kind of like what you were just saying, it's very dramatic. Um, at one point, you know, like they set up, you know, Sam and his sister trying to save his boat, mm-hmm. um, or his family's boat trying to go get a loan and stuff. There was one point where I was like, wait, what, what's going on? Like, why does this matter? But at the same time, I was like, I don't really care because I'm bought into this. I want to mm-hmm. see what happens. Like, I'm interested in this other side of being an Avenger. Cause he goes into like, Oh, you know, we don't really make money. It's just a kind of a goodwill thing. And that attracts other people like us. And I was like, God, this is like actually really interesting. I kind of love this. I also found it super. I, I, that same scene that I know you're talking about where they're at the bank. I found that super gravitating because I think these Marvel films, not that they were going away by any means, but I think that they're also going to have a lot more pull now because that same thing where people were gone for five years and they came back and now they don't know what to do. And I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards that with Corona where the idea that like mm, a whole year and a half, shit. everybody was like, Hey, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now the world's going back to normal. But then we have all these, not all these extra it's people, but new like normal. The, right. Exactly. That's, that's like, Hey, what is this new normal? What the fuck is going on? We're supposed to pretend this past year and a half didn't happen now. Like what the fuck? no, because they acknowledge that and they're like, hey, how come you don't have credit for the past five years? I'm like, well, because I was in the fucking snap. That's why I don't have credit for the past poofed. year. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be very similar with a lot of these uh, things. So I think that will pull in, not pull in more audience, but it will be very relatable with a lot of people um, well, more grounds, than they anticipated. Do you think my, maybe some of that is like unintentionally intentional? Yeah, I definitely like, think that Disney really created coronavirus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. They Dis- probably have Disney. Disney they have the definitely they have the created, technology. Yeah. Disney definitely created Corona just to sell Marvel a little it bit better. It was Walt himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Walt. They unfrozen for a day. They they took care of that. Um, took the head out of the freezer. I, no, I I, I do think maybe the way that they are telling a story because I do say the storytelling is super fucking important. Maybe they are leaning into that because they know that that will bring a lot of people in or at least get some relatability there. Um, absolutely. What were you about to say, Hamlin? Uh. I, I think it's like I haven't watched it yet, but you saying that uh, I think that's the thing. Um, if and I, God, I, this is gonna sound like it, it's a bad thing because they've done pretty much everything, you know, really damn near perfect. But if you look at a character like Thor, right, that can be a hard character to make relatable, right? Because he's a fuck, he's a god. First off, he's not from this world; he's a god, right? The Guardians of the Galaxy, that was another one. Like they were able to ground it. Look at Star Lord, right? Where like they're like, oh no, like. I find to him. I find Thor but, pretty relatable because I'm a golden god. But go on. I understand why you are not relating to, yeah. to Thor. Yeah. Okay. But the real. I don't know if you can hear, but McLean's right. literally rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> so in case you didn't hear that, that's that was the sound of that for you. Uh 
but having the real life struggles really grounds the characters and shows on the flip side. So now when, when Marvel and DC Comics started, that was the reason that Marvel Comics really, uh, I, I think, succeeded far better at the beginning was because um, why was Spider-Man interesting? It wasn't because he was fighting villains. It was because he was balancing his real life. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to go on dates. Oh, I finally got a date with Mary Jane. Oh, I screwed it up because I had to save people from dying. Right. But she can't know that. Like, that's the that's the thing. And like you saying, like, uh, you know, he's like, I don't get paid to do this. Like he is literally he saved the fucking universe, not even not even the world. Right. He, he helped save the fucking universe. And he can't afford to like you would think that someone like that would be able to just be like, oh no, no, I live how I want, because you know, I'm a fucking savior, right? Like like but they can't. And and uh that's I think that's gonna be an interesting thing for them to explore and get inside the winter soldier's head because he been through some shit, man. Yeah. Um and that's I I really I, like that angle of him like trying to pay penance basically to like just recover from being the winter soldier, like going around and trying to like he goes to therapy. Right they Ooh, lean into his PTSD because how could it. you not at that point? And it's super he, cool that like, hey, we're not straying away. That's the story we're telling right now. He goes to um, therapy for real. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the first. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, straight out of the gate, he's in therapy. Um, okay, and it's I'm not like, week, hey, yeah. it's just a therapy scene that we threw in here. It's like, no, this is going to be important for a lot of this uh, later. Over, um, I really liked personally that we we talked about the two stories, but one of them was Sam's story. Uh, Falcon is very focused on family, like you talked about with his sister and things that are going on there, the re relationships people have with their family. But I also really enjoyed um, Bucky and the Winter Soldier. His uh, whole story was very friends-focused, where he doesn't have friends and how he's going to make friends as this person that is a 105-year-old man. And he's going through this list. He's got his own issues that he's dealing with. And I don't know if that was me imposing the coronavirus thing that I was putting on before, but I also think that that would be very relatable of how are people going to make, not how are they going to make friends, but like going out after coronavirus, if that will change how people feel about things, how do you go out and make friends when people don't want to go out and do things, you know? When people don't like you. Sorry, that's just me. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, just you. But uh, like he starts to make friends with an old man, which makes sense because Bucky's 105. Obviously, his... His friend that he would make would be, you know, someone who man, lived someone in the who era gets him. He did, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. But I, I enjoy the family versus friends stories that are still being told there. The origins, really taking the time to lay the foundation and set things up. I think this could go a lot of places. I also have been hurt before with Game of Thrones, so I don't want to get my hopes up too much anymore. I know this is different, but um, well, thankfully those those gentlemen are not working for Marvel, so um, I think hopefully. We're not did talking guys, about them, Hamlin. Don't talk no, about them. Did you know this is nuts? That uh, so the San Diego Comic Con after the uh, final Game of Thrones, oh okay, uh, you season, are talking about them. They didn't show up to their panel. They they canceled because they were yeah. so scared to face fan back. But then uh, there was a preacher panel, right? And so Seth Rogen uh, does it, and so then Seth Rogen's like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna field all the Game of Thrones questions. Throw them <laughs> at me. I'm pissed too. And there's a video, and also just seek it out if you were if you were mad or if you enjoy, just if you watch Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, him being like, yeah, uh, you know, we we're supposed to be after Game of Thrones, but they uh, they they wouldn't come to deal with uh, all your guys' hate. So I'm gonna field these questions, and like he throws some mad shade at them, and like the actors are up there, and some of them are even like, you when you see their face, they're like, holy shit, I can't believe he just said that. I know you don't want to talk about Game of Thrones, but I thought that was pretty fucking funny. 
Yeah, I feel like it's such a rabbit hole that I have to stop myself from going down. That's true. Um, yeah. But I'm going to count that as you getting irrationally pissed at something where we said it was going to happen during this previously. <laughs> so uh, we'll count it. We'll count it. Um, I was so mad before this video started. Anyway, Audio, to, to summarize, I am stoked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm very eager to see where it goes. I think it's got a lot of potential, but I also think it could equally hurt me. And I've been hurt before. So I don't want to have that happen. Um, but we'll see. I'm going to actually be, watch it. It'll be our I little would. adventure that we go on together. Yeah. So one I thing I will say, I'll add on to it, like in relation to WandaVision, is that Kevin Feige was like, um, you know, WandaVision was like our first toe dip into this whole series thing. And like with the whole WandaVision thing, we wanted to leave viewers kind of like guessing as what's going to happen. It was like a kind of a slower show. It's like we wanted to keep people kind of like what's happening, what's going to like, like that was the draw to keep you coming back. He's like Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be more of just like we're not going to leave you guessing. We're just going to give you a good old fashioned Marvel action film mm -hmm. with some story behind it. I'm like, OK, that's fantastic because I mean, you can tell that right off the bat. You oh, can just yeah. feel that it's not a series that's like, like, what's the deep understanding? What do I have to like? What do I have to theorize about what's happening? It's just like they're telling me what's happening, and I love it. How <laughs> much I love it. fan fiction porn do you think exists of, of Bucky and Sam? There's got to be a ton. None, because their stories don't overlap at all right now. I don't think you understand that how. I don't think you understand Rule 34. Yeah, <laughs> fan fiction is. Uh, Rule 34 is woo. ever reaching. We should read some sometime on air. It's pretty interesting stuff. I'll, I'll probably be sick that day.